Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is the award-winning public speaker and speaking coach, Sally Zimni. Whether in a keynote or training, Sally's specialty is helping leaders and those who want to become them step up front with more confidence, clarity and courage so they can lead more effectively and inspire engagement with their audience. Sally has spoken in front of thousands of people over the last 20 years, from the TEDx stage to the executives of Fortune 500 companies. She hosts a new and noteworthy podcast about the art of public speaking and thrives on empowering people to do the things they think they cannot do. Sally has inspired hundreds of speakers to show up and speak their signature story and leverage the power of speaking in their business, transforming their personal and professional lives. Stepping up front isn't for the faint of heart, so Sally puts her whole heart into it. Sally speakers grace TEDx stages, conference stages, online summits, and even taking home Emmy Awards. When not speaking or coaching speakers, Sally's in the midst of raising three teenagers with her college sweetheart husband and the fluffy dog Bailey. In this interview, we talk about how to become more visible and share your message with the people who need to hear it. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Sally. So great to have you here and I can't wait for our conversation. Well, before we get started and talk about visibility, can you tell us how you got started with this work and how did you know that it was the thing that you were meant to do? Yeah, thank you, Georgia. I'm so excited to be here. So I fell in love with being on stage at a really young age. So I did theater and I did high school speech. And if you've ever had that moment, even if you don't consider yourselves a speaker, but you've maybe had that moment where you're out front. So you're on social media or you are doing a workshop or maybe you're on stage, maybe you're doing a keynote or you're at a conference and you have this spark, this moment where you realize I am connecting with people. I'm making people laugh. Perhaps my story was appreciated. Somebody just ate up all my insights. Well, I got that bug, what I call the speaking bug. I got bit by that bug early on in my life. And I say that with a little hesitation because when people hear that, they think, oh, well, you, you are different than me. This comes naturally to you. You are these are some gifts that you were given just in your genetics. And this is easy for you. And that is not the case at all. I just fell in love with the feeling and then have worked really, really hard in order to keep bringing that into my life in some way or another. So I love to make people laugh. I love to offer deep, big insights. And I, what I discovered was that honestly, anybody can do this. So I, when I was in my mid twenties, I started working at this organization where we were out every day, giving these Ted talk type speeches to teenagers about these big ideas like kindness and courage and respect. And 
these are not topics that teenagers are generally super jazzed about, but what it was, it was a great challenge because I had to really quickly learn how to make these ideas engaging. And so that's how I got my start really as a professional speaker was talking to teenagers and you learn a lot. And very quickly, I started coaching all of my coworkers in the process. So kind of all happened at the same time. Some of my coworkers were teachers. They're not speakers or they were youth workers. They were not entertainers. So they didn't necessarily come to the speaking world naturally, or even they didn't necessarily even want to be doing that. That was a super intimidating part of the job for them, for me too. And what I learned was when you work hard, When you invest your time and energy into it, when you get determined about it, you can do this. Anybody can do this. I have just, it's such a deep belief that I have. The truth is, especially because I work with entrepreneurs a lot now and coaches and people that I call change makers, people who want to step out front, thought leaders and really change something. That's why we get into the work that we do. They often don't consider themselves a speaker, even though they have to show their face. They have to use their voice. They want to be seen as an influencer or a thought leader. Well, that requires us to speak. And so what I spend a lot of my time doing is really bringing people into the world of speaking and saying, this is a really important part of what you get to do as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a small business owner, you showing your face and speaking your words and sharing your stories. That is, that is so, so essential. So that's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. And I love it. I love, I've never, I feel super lucky. I've never questioned, is this what I should be doing? I'm not sure that there's a lot that's connected to speaking that I do, but I just fell into it early and fell in love and have built a business around it, which is sometimes shocking to remember. (laughs) That is amazing. And there is so much to unpack here. I have so many questions, but what I'm hearing you say is that you just fell in love with it and you follow this passion and things just started happening for you. And I was wondering if there was any moment of hesitation when even though you knew this was the thing that was pulling at you and to follow if there if you had any challenges or any fears around actually this for a living absolutely I mean I still face fears even though I am a professional speaker and I'm a coach and this is what I do every day when I did my TEDx talk gosh It was maybe five, six years ago at this point. It was such a good experience for me to go through because it was terrifying. I was, I was really nervous because it felt like such a high stakes moment. And I feel that fear whenever I'm about to do something big. So I did this big virtual keynote a few weeks ago and it was 3000 people watching. And I was like, that's a lot of people. You start really worrying that we all feel fear around this. This is not just you figure it out and it's done. This is a very iterative process. And some days we feel more confident than other days, just generally as humans. And so naturally there's a real ebb and flow with this. What I have discovered is that for myself, and as I've watched my speakers make this transition too, the fear doesn't go away. And, and we know this as entrepreneurs, like every time you're about to take a big risk, it's like, whew, right. We're we're naturally going to tap into that. It is our body's way of going, whoa, whoa. Are you sure? Are you sure about this? This is big. This is big. But our relationship with fear changes as we build more self-trust. And so that's my goal as a coach is to help build the sense of self-assurance I can do this. I've been here before. I can handle difficult things. Even if it doesn't go perfectly, it's going to be okay. I can, I've survived 
mistakes in the past. My credibility isn't on the line the way I think it is. Like we just build a different level of tolerance for that fear so much so that it doesn't feel like fear anymore. It starts to feel more like what I call excitement. It's the same physiological response happening in our bodies. We just have a different story about what is really happening going through our heads. So at the beginning, it's the same feeling as the pros as they're stepping out onto that next bigger challenge, whatever that is for them. They just have a different relationship with fear. They're like, it's an old friend. And they come along, you're like, oh, I know it's a big moment here. Let's go. Let's do this. It's going to be an adventure. Who knows what's going to happen, which is a really different attitude and approach than when we often start, which is like, oh God, what's going to happen? This is going to be terrible. I'm going to fail. What will people think of me? And it's very, very self-focused, understandably. But as we get more experience and we just continue to put ourselves out there at the end of it, it's going to be fine because I'm really here to show up and serve my audience in whatever way, whether we're here on zoom or you're doing a podcast interview or you're on TikTok or you're doing that keynote, we are showing up to serve our audience and that changes our relationship with our fear. So yes, I feel fear all the time. (laughs) And that's actually very reassuring to know because, again, we have this idea that you are born natural, that you don't feel the fear. And I want to normalize that everyone, everyone goes through this. And I love the idea of making friends with your fear and mm-hmm. reframe it as excitement. And also, one of the things that really stuck with me that you said before was that about visibility, that as business owners, as change makers, we get to do this because for most of us at the beginning especially if it's very more if it's more like a must or a should but i don't really want to do this right but get to do this to set those people so can you talk more about how being visible can Mm. actually help you in your business and in anything else really that you want to do It's huge. It's huge. And really, when I talk about visibility, what I'm talking about at its very core is you showing your face, speaking your words at the same time and sharing stories, right? And that sharing stories is even an added layer that you don't have to worry about right away. At at its core, what I want to help all of you do as these multi-passionate entrepreneurs, right? You've got like, you've got a lot going on in order for people to feel connected to you, to figure out, are you the person that I want to do business with? Do you get my life? And do I like your vibe? Is this the person I want to walk with? I want to buy their course. I want to sign up for their services. You know, what all those, the output of our business, people are deciding whether or not we are for them based on how we show up for them in the every day. And so that's what I mean by visibility. And it is so central and core to, you can call it marketing. If you want, you can call it sales. If you want, it's really relationship building at its core. And you do that by you, who you are, your body, your words, your stories, your ideas, and really importantly, people seeing your face. So I know we're talking on a podcast and nobody's seeing our faces. And I have a podcast that I've had for years. I have 300 plus episodes. And I started that podcast because I was like, I do not want to show my face. I just want to do this audio. It's a way for me to share my insight and perspective without the pressure of it. I just was like, I'm not ready for video. As a speaker, I'm like, put me on stage, no problem. But video felt so intimidating to me and intrusive and vulnerable. And ultimately a few years into that, I've got to start showing my face. Now this was like pre-pandemic even, but I started making that shift because I saw some of my competitors were embracing video. And I thought, oh man, and I'm competitive enough (laughs) that I've got to tackle this video thing. Well, now I don't mind it. 
I love looking at my face all the time, but I have a very expressive face. You can't see it right now because you're listening to me, but I have a very expressive face. And the truth is the reason why video is so powerful and important is because it really fast tracks connection. Speaking in whatever context fast tracks connection. And my podcast grew even more once I shifted to video. So no pressure, Georgia, you don't have to do that, but, but there's a reason for that because you have a much clearer sense of who I am. You're watching how my body moves. You're watching my face. You're not just hearing. Now I love audio only. There's something really intimate about it. So I'm not knocking that at all. It's just as business owners and entrepreneurs, we, we need to open up the space for connection. And so visibility or showing up every day, showing your face and using your words at its very core is how you're going to start to build those relationships faster, build trust, authority, and recognition. I could not agree more. And I have to say that when I first started my business, I was hiding beyond yeah. the blog because yes. I'm a very good writer and that's something that I really enjoy. But at the same time, like I'm not going to start writing, but at the same time I was hiding behind that because when you write, yeah. you don't show your voice, yeah. you don't show your face. It's really yeah. safe. It's a really safe way. And I was growing, I was making an impact, but nothing as when I started doing the podcast mm-hmm. and when I started showing up live on Instagram. And yeah. the yeah. A, video, a video podcast is the next step. So I am going yeah. that as well. Uh, <laughs> See, it, I love that you're owning that, Georgia, because it, it's absolutely the way it works. We take the baby steps where we can get them. I mean, you've started a business. That is a huge risk. That is a leap. These are their they're levels of vulnerability. And we learn that by doing it. It's okay okay, the blog was good for a little bit, but I think I'm ready for the next challenge. And recognizing that you weren't able to share fully who you are through that medium. And there's nothing wrong with that medium. It's just a peak of you. I personally believe like speaking gives us the fullest sense of who someone is. And by I, I use that term really liberally. Speaking is going live on Instagram. It's doing these podcasts. It's that keynote speech at a conference live on a stage, as much as it is you doing a workshop over zoom. It's all, it's all about you showing up and being a fully three-dimensional human being to your audience. And it does really powerful stuff. It does. I do think there is a, a place for seafood button and blogs and a place for audio, but really yeah. video speaking, there is nothing like it. It really does make a huge difference. It just feels so vulnerable, right? Because you are putting yourself out there, you are being authentic, and there are so many we have so many stories and so many limiting beliefs. For me, one story was about my accent and will people be able to understand me or do I look pretty enough on video and, and many others, I'm sure that we all have yeah. our own stories. Yeah. And I know that you talk about the four horsemen of visibility. So yeah. fear, perfectionism, all these things that stop us from actually putting ourselves out there. So mm-hmm. can you talk about more about what these four horsemen yeah. are and how they stop us and how can we overcome them? Yes, absolutely. So these are, as I've worked with people to help them really show up for their audience to speak on social media in the everyday, in the simplest of ways, I kept hearing the same challenges that were coming up for people, the the same things that were keeping them from taking that level of risk and vulnerability, whatever that next level was for them. And I recognize all of them in myself as well. Like I said, this is not just 
newbies who struggle with this, we struggle with this stuff all the way along. So I named them the four horsemen of visibility because it does, it just feels like these dark forces that are like, oh, I'm going to come hold you back and keep pulling you back from what you're really capable of. So let's name them so we can tackle them a little bit more and, and really unleash our own ability to step out front. So you mentioned a few of them. The first one is fear. We talked about this already on the show. It is a part of what we do. It's an often just an indicator that you're alive, and that you're taking a risk. So the most important thing I want all of your listeners to know is that when you're experiencing fear, it is not significant or meaningful in the sense that you don't, you can't do this. Fear is just a part of it. We're going to, we're going to become friends with fear. We're going to bring it along with us and ultimately try and change our relationship with fear because it's just a part of it. So fear it's coming for you, but it's fine. It just means you're doing it. You're doing it. Okay. So that's the first one. The second one is perfectionism and perfectionism is huge, especially when you start to shift into the level of vulnerability where you're doing video and we can get obsessed over editing it perfectly or, oh my gosh, if I'm going to show up on video, I've got to make sure I've got my makeup on or am wearing the right thing or whatever. All those pieces that essentially we're trying to shield ourselves from feeling too vulnerable, which is a very human thing to do. And what I invite you to do, if perfectionism is holding you back from showing up for your audience in the everyday, what I would encourage you to do is to embrace the mindset of show up anyway, that we, even if you like today, I was like, I don't know if this is a video podcast or an audio one. Should I go maybe take it out of my workout clothes here and put on some makeup or am I going to be okay here? Well, it starts in three minutes. So you're going to show up anyway, Sally. It is show up anyway time because underneath that is a belief that if we don't show up perfectly, then there are some negative consequences there. And I have to tell you, I haven't found that to be true. I'm in the middle of a, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I'm in the middle of a TikTok challenge. I'm over on TikTok right now. I'm trying to play with that platform. It's new for me. And I feel a sense of freedom over there that I don't feel on Instagram. It's a little, it's interesting. I'm fascinated by it. And part of it is people over there, it's kind of gloves are off. It's a little rougher and realer in the best way. And so I'm practicing. I did 10 videos yesterday. I'm wearing zero makeup. My hair is an absolute mess. You should go find these videos. I'm like a halo of frizz around my head. It's fine. It's fine. But actually the, the viewership doesn't change based on me showing up where I'm super polished and me just showing up as me. Now I'm not saying you like wing it, but most of us our, our, our sense of it's got to be perfect. I've got, it's got to be exactly right. It's not good enough yet. Just keeps us from doing it at all. And we've got to start just doing it. So fear, perfectionism. Uh, the third one is about ego and judgment, the judgment of other people. And yep. When we are putting ourselves out there, we are inviting in the judgment of other people. And that is just a part of it, unfortunately. And so I have a big sign on the other side of my desk that says people already don't like you, Sally. (laughs) So you're under some sort of mythical illusion. If you think that everybody likes you and you're risking that by stepping out front and speaking like, no, people already don't like you. So if you can embrace that idea that when you start showing up real, some people are going to be turned off by you and some people are going to be turned on by you. And that's great. We want to get to that place faster. So they already don't like you. How great is that? Bye. They're not for you. And then last but not least, because it's a really big one is imposter syndrome. 
this feeling of, I don't, I can't possibly belong in this moment. I don't have what it takes. And that those people, whoever is out there already doing it, they have something that I don't. And I'm an imposter. I'm a fraud. People are going to figure it out. (laughs) And this is rampant when we talk about speaking because forever we've believed that speaking is something that is held on this pedestal for very special unicorns who have lots of books and a giant audience. And that's just not true because I work with people all the time who don't have that and are having an impact on their audience in a tangible, significant way. So we have to reject that idea that there are special unicorns, only special unicorns allowed in speaking. No, you have everything you need right now because speaking is about you, your authentic self, the body that you have right now, the stories that you've lived right now, who you are, the insights that you have right now are worthy of being heard and seen and recognized. Those are the four big ones. They're big. They're huge. So we talk about them a lot. <laughs> they are. And I can say, honestly, that I experienced all of them at some point. I would say perfectionism was the strongest one for me. I think high achievers all deal with that. And there was, and I remember when I first started with videos, I had to, I had my full face of makeup on and my hair done and yes. this this smart dresses on and and then last month I just went live with just my pajama because I was sick so yeah and, yeah and you think you know people are going to reject you and they're going to criticize you but actually no one says anything and if if they comment at all it's actually inspiring for them to see mm-hmm. someone that is still showing up despite yeah. the, their fears and despite everything that is going on in their lives so yeah, it definitely is. It's a big, it was a big shift for me. Yes. I love that. I'm so glad to hear about that shift because it's really, really powerful. We don't want to see only perfect people out front. It is actually disconnecting for us from an audience perspective. Like I, when I see a perfect person, perfect. That doesn't even exist, but somebody who has really worked hard to cultivate this perfect image and perfect experience. I don't relate to that because I'm like, my dog is under my desk right now and my house is a disaster. And my son's baseball uniform needs to get washed before his game and like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our, our lives are full and real and three-dimensional and hard. And the more we can show up and share the hard stuff, the more relatable we become and the more connected we become to our audience because it feels closer to them rather than you being someone they might admire, but cannot connect with. And we want to go for connection. So I love that. I see this happening a lot. There are lots of people at this perfect facade yeah. And you think they are doing so well in their business. And yet behind the scenes are struggling because again, there is no connection. They are showing up, but they are showing up as this fake version. And yeah. as humans, we can feel that. We can feel that there is something that there is not genuine. Yeah. And that can really put you off working, from, yeah. working with someone. Yep, totally. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting thing to watch over the course of the last few years, right? As, as the world has been dealing with a global pandemic, I think it has actually benefited the speaking industry, which was not an idea that I would have said in March or April of 2020, because all of our in-person speaking engagements got deleted and destroyed. People lost a lot of money. It was really hard time for the speaking industry. But what happened is as that shift to virtual, we embraced it. Essentially, it democratized speaking in my book. And it just, because the big time keynote speakers were showing up on Zoom, just like the rest of us, (laughs) because that was how it was happening. And so the platform became flatter 
and it invited more and more people in. And I love that because, because it humanized everybody. Now we used to like try and hide the fact that we had a real life happening behind us on work calls. And now it is an expected, accepted, embraced part of how we show up. So I feel like we have had to go through a lot to get to a place where we now really expect and understand that we are full human beings. And this, this little slice you're seeing is, is only a slice. Yes, it's been so refreshing to see this shift to more real and authentic in how we show up. And for anyone who is listening to this and is thinking about, you know, okay, I am, I am going to do my first live. I am going to book my first speaking gig. But of yeah. course, those fears are still there, right? So what advice would you give to them, to someone who just who just starting out and wants to do it, but is still, still a bit afraid? Is there, there any tips or things that should be focusing on to, yeah. to really nail that, that first time and calm down the nerves? Yes, absolutely. So if, if you're feeling really anxious about it, the important thing and the biggest piece of advice I can give you is to get out of content creation mode sooner than you're ready and to focus on the delivery of what it sounds like and feels like on your feet faster. So what I like to tell people who are just getting going in their speaking is to stop your content creation when you're at about 80% done. And why that is, is because we can really obsess over the 80% to hundred percent place where it's like, oh, but I want to move this. I want to perfect this word. And I got to do this. And I'm going to make those slides exactly right. And it's all heads down theoretical until you get on your feet. And there's some learning that can only happen on your feet. We only know how it feels in our body when we stand up and say it. And it's different than when we read it in our heads. So we want to get there sooner than later so that you can work out those kinks and let it be in your body more instead of something that is just running through your head. So I want you to stop your content at 80%. I want you to get on your feet as soon as possible. And I want you to use this strategy I call the walk and talk. And it's a wonderful way to go from script to speaking without it feeling too intimidating. And it's very, very simple. All you do is, you, you know, you've got your script in your hand because you're not going to memorize it. The memorization is not the goal unless you happen to be a very skilled, trained actor. And then yes, go ahead and memorize. But for most of us, that's not going to work. You're going to have your script in your hand and you're going to literally walk and talk. That's it. I don't want you to choreograph your every move. You're going to walk and talk. That's not ultimately how you'll deliver it, but, but that is the first step in getting it in your body and starting to sync up the words with your body, because ultimately the body is what communicates so much more of what we are expressing and feeling and thinking and saying the words are a part of it, but the way in which the words are expressed is where the power comes from. And that is all about your body. So we want to sync those up sooner than later. And then practice a lot. Don't wing it. Don't assume that it's gonna go fine. If you haven't said it out loud, do not let your, your dress rehearsal be in front of your audience. Really give yourself a chance to get to know the material, to feel really comfortable with it so that you can be present in the moment. You're gonna be so prepared that you can let go of what you've prepared and respond to what's happening in the moment. Like that, if you can do those things, you'll be fine, you'll be great. Oh, those are amazing tips and I especially love the congruency between your body and the words you're saying. I remember when I first started doing my live videos, like my, 
my, my words were excited for my body was like, no, I am yeah. scared. And it's fine because it, that's, we, we, had, we had to start somewhere, right? But I do love this process. I wish I had this process where you actually start working, getting into your body before you deliver and getting comfortable with it because that really yeah. helps, helps a yeah. lot. I mean, adrenaline will come for all of us, especially if this is something you care about. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But in order to move through your adrenaline response faster, you, if you're prepared, you'll be able to do that. And so give yourself the time and space to do that so that you can really be in your body. And it doesn't feel like an out-of-body experience, which is how a lot of people describe speaking. This is happening. And then I'm watching it up here and I'm thinking about it up here. So we've got two conversations going in our head, what we're saying and what we're thinking, and also our, our narrative analysis of how it's going while we're doing it. And which is supernatural and human thing, but it's distracting and it's hard to stay focused. Like this is a full on hundred percent focus experience. (laughs) so true and are there instead any common mistakes that you see first-time speakers make it's often that they want to memorize so for most speakers when they first start they're trying to protect themselves from making any mistakes and which is a really understandable instinct the truth is What I want you to do is be prepared enough that you can show up in the moment and allow for whatever ride you're about to get on to have. (laughs) You just don't know what the adventure is. It is live theater. So we have this plan in our heads and we expect it to go perfectly or we're desperate for it to go perfectly. And you might show up in the room and the tech isn't working, or you have to use a different kind of mic that you didn't prepare for. And now you're holding onto a mic and you've got a remote in your hand and that feels new and different. You realize that there's a whole group um, in the audience that has a really different background or point of view that you hadn't been thinking about and you wanna address it. You just cannot plan for everything allowing it to be imperfect feels like a really big ask when you're starting out, but that if you can go in with that attitude that I'm really prepared and I'm also prepared to that, it's not going to be perfect. That's not the goal. Perfection is not the goal. And, and that I can handle this, right? That, that is the trick. Um, rather than memorizing it and holding desperately on to this plan. And it's got to go exactly like that because that's how I planned it. It might not work that way. That's definitely a big shift because you can prepare all you want, but it's always going to be something that, I mean, nothing is ever perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. So I haven't yet had a perfect speaking engagement and I've been doing this for 25 years never once nope (laughs) so that's fine yeah I no longer expect it or hope for it even yeah and you know the day it's only us that expect it to be perfect because our audience is looking for the content for the story for something that helps them and when they get that for them it's perfect, even if you yeah. make a little mistake here and there, don't even notice. Or, yeah. or that oh. actually makes you more human today, makes you more relatable oh. to them. Yes, I love it when something unexpected happens. If, if the speaker in the moment can really stay present with it and not ignore it and not start freaking out, but if they can embrace it, it is this wonderful empathizing human moment because everyone in the audience goes, Oh, right. Like you trip like, Oh, if you can laugh about it and embrace the humanness of that moment, it's a delightful audience connector because you're very human to them then. And that's good. (laughs) And I want to touch briefly on 
on storytelling. Because uh, I remember you said at the beginning that you were talking to teenagers about things that they were just not interested in, which is yeah. fair enough. Teenagers, as a, as a teenager, I was into like makeup, boy bands, you know? I know, right? <laughs> the things that I enjoy right now. So for someone that like, again, they had their first speaking gigs, one of the first speaking gigs, and, and it's an audience that they don't know if I'm going to connect with them. Do you mm. have any mm. tips on how to build a connection and tell your story in a way they really learned? Yes, yes. I'm so glad you brought up storytelling, Georgia, because that was the way in which I was able to engage people in a message that they weren't naturally interested in. So I studied persuasion in grad school and the storytelling was the way. Storytelling is the tool that can persuade people more than almost anything else. We think, and we spend a lot of time building our, our insights and our perspective and the teaching. And we're like, oh, this is an amazing line. And this is going to wow people. But that's half of the ingredients. And that's not even the important half of the ingredients. But that's where we spend a lot of time. The tool and the thing that ushers those insights and perspective in is stories. Stories are the way that people remain open about an idea that they're not so sure about. Stories engage. Stories are brain friendly. They literally light up more of the brain so that they're engaged. They can't really help themselves. If it sounds like talking, it's really easy to just tune out and think about something else. But a story, a story gets people curious and gets them leaning in. And I remember I used to, when I was speaking to teenagers, I could tell from the back of the room, if one of my coworkers was speaking in the front from the back of the room, if I just watched the heads and the way the heads moved, I could tell you when they were telling a story and when they weren't. Because when they were telling a story, their heads were snapped to attention. When they weren't telling a story, it was like wiggle, 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 turn, wiggle, 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 wiggle. And then as soon as a story happened, the head was snapped back up front. It is so powerful and magical. They're delightful. And the key in order to make your insights and the points that you want to make, the reason why you're speaking, the message you want to give to people, the, if you want to get the message to stick, you have to start with the story. And that's super backwards thinking for a lot of people, because usually people are like, here's the point. I'm going to tell you the story to prove that point. Nope. We're flipping that from a persuasive perspective. It works better to start with the story, let people feel your point first, and then you articulate it in such a way that they go, oh, yes. So story first, message second. Uh, that's beautiful and actually it's how I write my articles as well because I know some experts recommend to just give them the fact give them the point that they never do (laughs) yeah yeah I mean you can tell a story really quickly it doesn't have to be a five minute thing it can be 30 seconds and so there when I work with people in the corporate sector they often are like I don't know if people really want to hear a story I'm like When's the last time you were sitting in a meeting and it was like, wah, 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 story, wah, wah, wah. What do you remember? You remember the story. You don't remember the points. (laughs) It's so true. The story is the way. It's the tool. Absolutely. And now we have a question that I ask everyone on the show. And is what's one way that the passionate can start building a business and life around all their passions? Oh, well, one of my favorite phrases in my podcast is named This Moved Me. And at the very beginning of this conversation, we talked about a moment where I was really sparked. I was moved by making people laugh and enjoying this little spark on stage. And so that has stuck with me 
that idea that what sparks you, what moves you in my language, what moves you, there is something for you in that. And I love to ask people all the time, what's moving you right now? What's going, what's inspiring you? What's intriguing you? What's, what's hurting you? What in the world is going on? What are, what are the emotions that we are dealing with in your life as a human being right now? Because there is, there is something in there for us. There are insights for your audience in that. And so when you're multi-passionate, you're experiencing the world from so many different filters and perspectives. And so you are ripe for connecting insights for your audience. So what I would encourage you to do is to ask yourself, what's moving me right now? What moved me today? Or when you're out on a walk, like pay attention, see if you can create space in your life to be moved because when you are moved, you can then turn and move your audience in whatever way, even in the smallest detail. But those insights will come by paying attention first to what is moving you. I ask this question to everyone. And it's one of my favorite answers. And what moves such a poignant question? We don't ask that enough. So thank you for for sharing that and we covered so much in this interview already is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up yeah so you know we've spent a lot of this conversation talking about the importance of showing up showing your face using your words being visible and so I would invite you if if you are feeling like okay I know I need to get out there more I feel a little intimidated by it. I have some tools that may be helpful for you. I've got a free seven-day email challenge. Every day I give you a prompt and some tips and the very simplest way for you to show up and be visible for your audience in that day. So we keep it to under 15 minutes every day. It's super simple. But my goal is by the end of those seven days, you've built a little more confidence and consistency. Because if you can do this consistently, it makes it easier. I promise. The hardest part is getting started. But once you're out there and using your voice and speaking your story and sharing your face, your beautiful face, then you will start to see the kind of engagement and impact that it brings and know that you can do it. So I'd love for people to join. It's at bemoved.com forward slash be visible. That sounds amazing and a very fun and easy way to to get started. So we definitely are going to put that link in the show notes. And Is there any other place where people can find you if they want to work with you? Yeah, well, you can always find me at my website, bemoved.com, but also I'm on all the socials. I'm Sally Z underscore bemoved on Instagram and speaking Sally Z on TikTok. So if you want to come watch me really let loose, I'm working on it. I'm over on TikTok and I'd love to see you there. I'm definitely coming to watch and we're also going to add all the links in the show notes below for anyone who is interesting because it's a game changer and I invite everyone to to step up and and take the leap and thanks thank you so much for this interview Sally for making the time it's been amazing I have had so much fun Georgia thanks for having me thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast if you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. 
A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you're going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and old stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.